Welcome to the podcast of ITFA 2018. My name is Orwan Eirabia. I'm ITFA's Artistic Director. In this podcast, we're presenting a selection of recordings from the year's industry sessions and talk talks. This episode features the filmmaker talk with Maria Ramos. Following the screening of her film, The Trial, Brazilian-Dutch filmmaker Maria Ramos speaks to Jean Perret about her film work and her view of Brazil today. This was recorded on the 22nd of November 2018. So I, I have been asked to make a selection of some clips of the films, some films, it's my choice. Maria disagrees certainly, certain of them, but it's, I, want, I want to share with you, with Maria, some uh, ideas about this way of conceiving your work, your body of work. And this, this is the beginning of the film, Justicia, and it's already a piece of cinema. So uh, I'm going to ask questions and to listen to what Maria is going to say, to share with us. If you have an urgent question, you can, you can raise your hand and we will listen to you, no problem. Uh, Maria, um, at, at the end of this, um, of this uh, sh- last shot, we see already the hands of somebody who is going to keep the, the chair and to, to remove the, the, the prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you explain how you organized, what, what is your method to construct in, in four minutes, it's, it's not long, but in, in four minutes we already get a, a whole story mm-hmm. and a, a whole process of something. The judge is beginning to understand that he's, he couldn't be in this riot because he was sitting in his chair. So could you explain a bit, a bit your, your method? How mm-hmm. do you work to get this kind of piece of cinema? Okay. Um. It's, uh, thank you, uh, firstly, thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for the effort to invite me um, to talk about my work. Um, it's, um, it has a lot to do with it, both filming, uh, of how, with form, how I film, this, where is the camera, how we film during the process or during the, uh, the, pro- the process of filming and then what happens during that process. And also knowing very, very well what I want and how, how I want to film. I might not be able to know what's going to happen, right? Because, for example, in that situation, in, in a hearing, uh, in uh, a courtroom, I can't interfere you know, so I can't say, please, can you say it again, or can you do this again? Uh, so I have to be, we and the crew has to be ready and to try to capture like what I find to be 50, 60% of reality, because probably 40, it's going to, we're going to miss it. 40 is going to be out of focus. The image is going to be bad. Anyway, somebody is going to say something and then the camera will be on somebody else. So that's, and also uh, this hearing was probably took 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And I have to be able to, through the filming as well, and the editing to make it a three minute film. I mean, a three-minute scene or a four-minute four scene. Is that a four-minute four four minute scene? So in all the films, I mean, and I made many films within the justice system. Basically, the trial is also a film within the justice system because it is a 
process, it's a judicial political process of impeachment against Dilma Rousseff. So, and those committees would take like eight hours, ten hours. So, you know, I had to, I have to film in a way that I can also come to the editing and make it all work and choose the the best moments, the most uh, uh, interesting, but also not only in terms of dialogue and text, but also in terms of gestures, body languages, what, you know, what, what is uh, atmosphere. Uh, um, because I, I think that film is much more, or documentary film is much more than simply explaining reality or about content. You know, I, I, in some way, I, I believe what, what Johan von der Kerke believed that, to me that um, uh, form is actually what I want to say. You know, form changes everything. Form defines content. Form is, uh, I remember something that marked me a, a lot was that uh, when I saw the um, uh, Blind Kind, I think, um, the, for the first time, and at the end he says, goodbye form. You know, and that's... Uh, Referring to the the what's his name the 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 boy um, the blind boy uh, Weber nobody in, remembers in Johann von der Kirkens film in Johann von der Kirkens film yeah um, uh, Hebersloba right yeah yeah I think so uh, anyway so um, it's uh, I I think a, a film is always a sort of a construct uh, and my films are very formal in that sense too but it's always a, it's a product of a process of filming and editing you know it's a, I, I don't know what's going to happen but I know how I'm, I want to film it and it's so it's a par it seems a paradox too. could you be a bit more specific for this scene, this scene here? because do you know the place in advance Yeah. Do you do you know that this man is going to be uh, to be brought in this room? Yeah. yeah, this yeah in this in this case, for example, yes, we knew because it was for justice was the following. I had done a lot of research before so that I could choose the main characters uh, in in, uh, in the justice system. Let's say the the law operators like the judges the uh, the defense lawyers, the prosecutors, um, but, and to get to know the system as well. Uh, but uh, the accused was something that we could only get when we went to film, right? I mean, I, I wrote a script for the film phones and for the, the media phones that was based on a, a case that I had seen Uh, but it actually a real case, but you know, uh, it's just to show how, what was going to happen, what could happen. So basically, when uh, we started filming, uh, we immediately, um, uh, because in each each um, uh, courtroom, of course, I chose the two the judges, the, the, the progressive judge and the conservative judge and the defense lawyer who agreed to be in the film. So, so every uh, case that would fall into his, on his table, we would have to 
uh, read all that. Then I had to choose which ones I thought it would be interesting. Then we would have to find the, the accused, where they were, they probably at the Polinte, where we, you know, we, we finally filmed. And I would go and talk to them and ask them if they would be, they would allow, if they would be like to participate in the film, they would say yes. And then within, because the judge had uh, six days to do the first first hearing. That's their, they have the, those deadlines. So in five days, I had to read the whole thing, all the cases, talk to the, the, the accused, talk to the, well, so I knew that, that this guy, I knew the story, I knew that he was coming and that he, we were going to film his hearing. But I didn't know that the judge wouldn't read properly, that the judge would, you know, take for granted that he had, that he you know, had lost his legs after the the not before but after the uh, the the whole um, crime. So basically, he didn't, you know, the prejudice shows the the huge prejudice with the uh, with the accused. Um, so I I know also the construction of the 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 room, I know the ritual, because of course justice, the justice system and the justice theater has a ritual, right? Um, and we would, uh, just to finish that, before we filmed, I went with my cameraman to those same uh, um, rooms, they're exactly alike, and we defined where the cameras would be and how close we would go like, uh, I didn't want a close like this. I want close like this, right? And how, from which angle, um, and two shots from the judge, one shot like this, and one mm. shot that it was the judge with the top of the table. So, I mean, we knew exactly how much, how we, we wanted to shoot, so that when things happened and got out of control, we didn't have to... Um, um, just think too much. I mean, that's. So I think it's very interesting to know how you work, how you're working, and why these close-ups, which not should not be too close. Why? That's a good question. He always asks good questions. I mean, difficult ones. Yeah. <laughs> why? Not because I like to see people within their environments. That's you know within space. And I also want to see, to, to have a distance from people. I want to, I don't want to be on top of them. I want to create that distance. And it's, uh, and the, the, the camera work, it's also uh, thought in, in the sense and uh, to, um, uh, to, um, Produce that distance that at the same time, um, you know, involves in, in ex, um, involves a sort of reflection. So if you create a distance, I mean, going to the movies, watching something, it already you know on a big screen already creates a distance. But I want to do it even more. I want to put the public in a, in a position of ob observer and create that distance and breathe conscious of the form, and yet uh, that conscious of the form means that you 
a conscious of the fact that you're watching a film and not that that's not reality, that is a representation of reality. And at the same time, what happens within the film, within the frames, in the actions, between the, in the interactions, is so moving and it's so authentic that it brings you back. It pushes you back. So it's, uh, uh, I think my, my work, it's sort of in that frontier between distance and, you know, and intimacy, but not, not an easy intimacy, not an easy identification. And that's, that's one of the reasons why the camera not so. I, I think we're going to raise this question to spectators afterwards. Uh, <laughs> again, yes, one second. Just because of this, this relation with spectator, uh, I, I don't know if you know this text from uh, uh, Sigmund Freud called in, in German, Fort und Da. Just have a look, it's very interesting. You know this text? And uh, just, I don't have time now to explain it, but this thought on that is this, uh, to be close and to take distance. And this is, I think, the, the best position for the spectator, if you think in, in terms you said, you know, mm -hmm. for us to, to have a circulation, to move, and not to, to be too, too near from the emotions. So, yeah, thought on that uh, interesting text by Freud for our, of these matters. Um, yes, madam. Just my, micro, microphone. One second. Yes, yes, it was all, but it's but not that different. It's finish. not that different. But finish the, the, the question. No, I was wondering how that was, because I think in this last film you were more somehow, uh, you had to uh, give yourself over to the circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how that was. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Well, it was, um, I, had to, I had to be more flexible in that, you know, I am, I am a control freak, can you imagine? Yeah. I am a terrible control freak. But we will speak about yeah. that maybe a little bit later about, yeah. uh, but just the last information, uh, this scene we have seen, uh, one camera, only uh, one camera. This, I mean, this hearing with the, the boy in the, on the wheelchair was one camera. Sometimes but, you're working with... Yeah, but this scene, but okay. the, other, the other scenes with the hearings were two. Okay. Only uh, the hearings. And, uh, and how many persons in, in, te in team? In the team. In the team. Um, you controlling well, everything. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and. Oh, I mean, it just was more complicated. But yeah, me, the cameraman, the camera assistant, the sound man, and the, the producer. Oh yeah. yeah. Five persons. Yeah, yeah. Because the just I mean, the to to film in a in a courtroom it was. Um, Bit complicated. We had to mic everybody. Yeah. Everybody had to be mic'd. So it's yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who are you, Maria Ramos? Just in a few words, you were born a couple of years ago in Brasilia. Yeah. You are you are a Dutch citizen. Yeah. You have made, uh, as far as I know, eight feature-length films. I prefer to say films than documentaries because they are films. This distinction, documentary fiction, is, uh, has no meaning anymore, I think. Less and less, really. Uh, and you have made some short films. You have worked for television. You were interested by the, the, the first love affairs of young people. Huh? 
right? Huh? Children, yes. Children. And, and you, you wrote a, a book? No. No? It's written somewhere. And the yeah, title is, yeah, yeah, one book. Dieciocho almas y un hombre solo. No. Comic and prosa. No. It's not you? That's a. It's another Maria that, Ramos. That's a there are many in that's the world. That's trouble in, in on internet. Sorry. So and that's because yeah. we know each other for like how many, twenty five years. Yeah. And and uh, and you you are a filmmaker film creatrice since twenty five years almost. Okay. Now uh, we're going to to see a second excerpt of a film, yes. and to to uh, to go more in depth in your practice of cinema. So please, the, the film it's uh, Futuro uh, Junior. Junio, como se dice en como en España? Futuro Junio. It's Future June. So, so yeah, you want you to want react? To, okay. Do yeah, you, yeah. Um, I, could you ask a question? No, so no. Go ahead. Before, I'll just uh, say quickly uh, how. Where do I come from? So, um, I'm Brazilian. I was born in Brazil, in Brasilia, this the, the new capital, and uh, I came to Europe. I'm a musicologist. I finished. Um, I, I have a BA in, in music and musicology, and I came to London to do a master's degree. And then, when I was in London, I met my uh, ex-husband, and he's Dutch. So we married, and that's how I, you know came to live in Holland. Uh, and you visited the school here? Yeah. And, and I, I finally we decided to come to live in Holland for a while, for a while, because I didn't want to learn Dutch at all. <laughs> But, um, and uh, finally I stayed and decided to go to the film academy. So I went to the film, the Netherlands Film and TV, Televisie Academy, and um, we and stayed and stayed, and it's been 25 years that I live in Holland. Uh, and I usually say that uh, um, the, the film academy, I mean, I discovered documentary in Holland, right? I was, uh, I, I had a, um, a passion for film, for fiction films and for art film, but I discovered, you know, I grew to love documentary in, in Holland because there is an amazing, Dutch tradition of documentary, and uh, I didn't know um, that tradition before that before. So, uh, so I entered the film academy and wanted to make fiction films, and then decided that what I wanted was to deal with the with reality because that's what moves me. That's what inspires me is to um, make films about real people. I mean, my, my my characters, what I real people are, which I called characters, my characters are the ones that really uh, uh, inspire me to make the films. It's, uh, uh, and I, I made yeah. this choice because of that you interested yeah. for real people and we see at the beginning a worker with a family in the kitchen huh? and we know, we know already what he's doing uh -huh. but he's a, a worker he's a, uh, has a bicycle a motor a, yeah. a career, a career yeah. in, in, and he brings uh, some, uh, some career in, in very fancy uh, Houses of the haute bourgeoisie, the high society yeah. of the city, and he. So we are we have access to this family. Mm -hmm. It's raining outside. Yes. The soundtrack is very important, of course. Yeah. And then you you have this this uh, this political intelligence to mm -hmm. articulate mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. this this small group, this microcosm, mm-hmm. with the the large the large movement of of the workers. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. That's why we've seen so mm-hmm. many of these uh, demonstrations. You know, yeah. so to embrace to embrace the the, the strength of this movement, mm-hmm. and to and and to understand what is going on. It's mm-hmm. not just a, an illustration. It's you you take time mm-hmm. to articulate a, a, a story. And we understand step by step mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. So could you explain how? Also, when we uh, we are behind the the leader, mm-hmm. a long time he's speaking. We are behind him. Mm-hmm. It's not the best shot of him. We are behind him. Mm-hmm. But why this shot? Mm-hmm. And why so long? Uh-huh. And because in this in the same shot we have him, uh-huh. and then the the contrast shot, the verse shot, the, uh-huh. the, the people listen to him. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, sorry, because it's very difficult, very very difficult to fi- to film uh, large groups. Yeah, and when we see yeah. clips on television, the news, it's it's never yeah. never that. Why? Okay, so beginning by the end, <laughs> the second. I mean, why do we see him always? Although I I, I love that shot anyway. But there was no other way. <laughs> it was that or no other way. Because, of course, we were on top of a, a car. And it was very crowded. And there were many journalists. So, basically, we we could... And he was almost like... Uh, he was, uh, you know, standing... Um, there was no way we could go stand in front of him and have a shot of even from the side. I think we did try it at some point from the side, from uh, but sideways, but it didn't work. So um, these are the things that, you know, these are uh, constraints that you, when, you, when you're filming things, you have to uh, adapt and you have to uh, try to get the best shot and to, uh, uh, and the best shot with the character also to, because he was our, he was one of the characters in the film. Um, so, just going back to the to what you said about creating, I mean, the uh, at the the scene within in the intimate scene in their homes and then outside. I mean, Future June is a film that I I made during a period that uh, was it was during the beginning of the crisis. Uh, that we are now seeing, you know, that have been have become concrete, have actually developed into the worst possible, uh, you know, uh, um, um, situation, uh, which is with the election of the of this this man. I can't say the name. Uh, so then it was uh, which. Uh, was a very uh, I mean the seeds the seeds of what we we see today were there were in 2014 and I decided to make a um, make a film two two weeks three weeks before the world the, the World Cup not because I was interested in the World Cup actually the film ends when the World Cup begins but because during the World Cup and for you know a couple of months before uh, the World Cup had in some way triggered a lot of um, dissatisfaction. So people were you know very dissatisfied with many things, just from different classes. Uh, they were complaining. They just felt that they could go to the streets, they could demonstrate, and could say you know could voice their dissatisfaction for many reasons from different 
points of perspectives from society. And uh, also because at that, at that point, because of the, uh, the Lula government as well, the economy was growing, was, was growing. I mean, Brazil was seen as the sixth or seventh biggest economy in the world. Uh, there were the BRICS. Um, there was this, you know, this future, uh, this optimism, you know, about the future. And at the same time, there were uh, challenges because how do you deal with a lot of challenges when the economy is growing and when you, you know, um, when you have um, a city like Sao Paulo that is the financial and industrial center with 19 million people and you have to carry on producing more cars so that people can get jobs and there is no spa space for cars anymore. So it's, I mean, just challenges like that, just uh, contradictions of the whole, of, the, of, the, of capitalism and also neoliberalism. So um, I chose four workers uh, and the men, uh, the men between 35 and 45, um, and these four workers. I mean, one is the guy is an economist from the, from the financial markets, and the other the other three are. There's one guy who works for the Volkswagen. He is a, a worker at Volkswagen, the biggest Volkswagen factory in uh, in Sao Paulo with 30, 40 thousand workers. Uh, then this guy was. In the, from the union of the metro, the subway workers, uh, that is the transport that is public transport that is linked to the governor. That's why they are just complaining about the governor of Sao Paulo. And the uh, the courier who was representing a so, a so, a some uh, the the underprivileged that became with the with the Lula government became middle class, the low middle class. Right, uh, because of the the policies of the the left the left policies of increasing the minimum salary of helping the social programs, and then the Lula has actually succeeded in in getting 37 million people from poverty. So that's uh, I mean the Korea in a way represents that part of the. Um, and in some way, I was interested. I mean, to me, the individual—he is—he he must be seen as individual, as in his uh, peculiarity. This, he's also a human being, a mystery, and yet he's also a social, political, uh, cultural being. So, um, I'm not only interested in in him as a social. Uh, uh, um, subject, right? The film, in some way, you have to feel that he is all that, but yet that he is, he has this specific. He's, he's. Um, do you see what I mean? Very individual, specific. You have to get to know the character. So, in the sense, the films are not films like institution films, for example, even Justice or Behave. They are not films. They're films about institutions, but also films about characters within institutions. The characters are also important. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And in the film we see many times flows of circulation cars. Huh? It's, yeah. it's a kind of metaphor of, yeah. of what's going on in the city. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is a city that it's. Uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, 90 million people. It's huge. Uh, there is 24 hours. The city doesn't sleep. There, basically, everything is open for almost 24 hours. It's. Uh, there is people spend a lot of time going from one place to another, either by car, by train, by metro. The rich use helicopters, of course. The very, very rich use helicopters that fly. So there was a. Uh, it, that feeling of movement, also the financial markets is always dealing with movement, the movement of money and the, 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 the moving markets. And uh, so I wanted to, uh, to uh, all the workers in some way, they deal with that, with that movement that's, that's, uh, that was a choice I made. Before to speak about the trial, of course, your last film, which is in these days, but very important for all of us. Uh, let's uh, see a, a short clip of uh, Hills of Pleasure. It's made, it's made one year before this one. So, yes. so it means one year before you had some optimism mm -hmm. in your point of view. And, and one year afterwards you make this film. Mm -hmm. Is right? We will see uh, yeah. a pleasant life possible in Brazil. Yeah, okay. Ple pleasant, yeah. Pleasant. We could say pleasant. Yeah. Okay, Hills of Pleasure. Isso, pega com a mão que tá com a luva, hein? Aqui, aqui, né? It's funny, why, why did you choose this? But it's why a little bit too short. At, at the end of this shot, we uh -huh. have we see two children uh -huh. looking down to the scene. Yeah. Why? Because because uh, because solidarity. He's not alone. He's not alone. And we see at the end this, this collaboration between the police, mm -hmm. the ambulance people, mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the people living there. Mm -hmm. So, and, and in, in this case, yes, uh, it's, a, it's a theme of the film. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a neighborhood where people d decide to invent a new way to, to live together. Yeah. Uh, that was your, your, your point of view in, on your society, at least uh, mm -hmm. in the 2013, 14, 13. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting to see how you are among the persons, mm -hmm. uh, with them. Mm -hmm. You're not filming on, but you film among them, mm -hmm. with them. So can you explain how you decided to, uh, to be... It's also, uh, I think, a political scene, mm -hmm. a political meaning scene. Because you have this 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 guy from the neighborhood speaking yeah. like like a friend to the police yeah. man, yeah. and usually policemen are not so yeah. loved in, in yeah. your country. Yeah. So I'll just uh, explain a little of me who um, probably you haven't seen the film. Uh, Hero of Pleasures is a it's what I uh, I I call it the third one in a trilogy within the justice system. Uh, but it's not so much within the justice system, but it deals with justice because, of course, it deals with the police. And it's about the occupation of the, the uh, of a neighborhood of a slum, of favela in Rio called Hill of Pleasures, um, by the uh, occupying peace police units, the UPP, the Unidade de Polícia Pacificadora, is the U. And it's a new strategy that the the um, uh, both the federal government and the state government were adopting to uh, try to prevent the to reestablish 
not to revamp, but to re-establish re -establish the uh, presence of the state and the control of the state in uh, those communities. Because before that, uh, basically, you had the, head, the drug dealer, the head of the drug dealing. And, um, and if there were, there, was, there were conflicts between neighbors or couples, whatever, or anything, uh, he was the one that decided what to do. And uh, he was the basic, like, like, like in a mafia, right? Um, and the police only got in to catch these drug dealers. And then when they got in, they got in with full, full mounty and shooting everywhere and people getting, you know, not that that didn't happen every day, but basically they were not, there was no community policing, right? And the state felt that they, they should um, do that. That was also in some way a product of the Lula government also and in, in working with the state. Uh, so there was a whole, it was an utopi utopian view. Uh, how could we just uh, uh, um, bring the state, bring in, in some way more dignity uh, to those uh, communities. And at the same point, um, by, by bringing security, you can bring other things too. You can bring uh, structure, you can bring um, more educational, you can bring health, you can bring, okay? Because people are not afraid to go up the hill, like we say in Rio, because now there, are, there is security, right? So it's um, simple as that. I mean, if people want to sell mobile phones or Sky television. So there was an interest of the, of the business community, right? I mean, people were not doing out of their own uh, generous heart, right? And also not because of the World Cup or the, the Olympic Games. They, was, they were doing it out of, you know, sort of... Uh, political and economical interest. The big companies wanted to get uh, to uh, get access to that clientele that now had more money to spend. Okay, so, but this is politics, not, you know, sort of um, worldwide politics. That's how capitalism works. So basically now, because we want to get to those people, uh, let's do something for them. Uh, so it was optimistic in the sense that, what, what's the film? The film is, is trying to portray the, what's gonna happen in that interaction. What's gonna happen when the police that has, had been seen by all the poor communities in Rio as the enemy, when the enemy comes to help them, comes with this PC, police peacefying unit, to, to uh, uh, with a mandate to help to commute policing to help them deal with their conflicts in the community. So would that would a dialogue exist? Would it possible to to have a dialogue? And what about the resentments and the memories? The memories of the the people that were killed. The memories of the uh, the of police aggression. So the film is about that. It's about, is there possibility of, of dialogue, of communication, of, does that actually exist? And the, the previous two films, Justice and Behave, in some way is about the complete impossibility of dialogue, right? 
because basically the 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 um, uh, short reverse short, I mean law operators and accused, uh, they belong in different parts of society with different experiences, and they can't communicate. I mean they speak the same language, but you know they they can't really. It's almost as if they didn't speak the language because the judge. Uh, as we've seen here, you know, the accused comes in and she or he, the judge knows exactly or thinks they know who that man is, you know. So all the preconceived, prejudiced, uh, racism, um, anyway. So th that um, does not allow a fair judgment, does not allow a fair uh communication, you know, between those two sides. So, so it's, it's the most optimistic, it's my most optimistic film, I have to say. Although it didn't work. I mean, not the film, I mean, the UPP did quite, I mean, it, it was supposed to work, it did work for a while, but like, um, because of what happened uh, with the impeachment of Dilma Rousseff, of course, everything that happened since then, there is no political interest, willingness to keep funding those, uh, those, um, yeah, the UPP, and it's just completely disintegrated, as everything in Brazil is disintegrating. So. Your, your commitment as a filmmaker, your talent, is to tell stories, we can believe in. And uh, we have no, not so much time, but it would be interesting to know, understand how you construct the stories, the dramaturgy, the structure of your stories. Because you're dealing with very complex situations, and we're going to speak about the trial of your last film, which is a com very complex situa political situation. And uh, like in this, all your films, you try to, you have to, to to understand with us, with the spectator, this complexity, and not to reduce it to some 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 uh, key elements, uh, which would explain everything. You you show, uh, you show how it's difficult to explain. No comment, mm -hmm. no comment, no interviews, never in your films. Mm -hmm. You just you're just uh, watching at, paying attention to. Mm -hmm. um, so. Before we we watch a, an excerpt of the trial, how how do you how do you work uh, in the in the period of editing in the moment where you go, finding the structure of the film, or do you think of, in terms of structure at the beginning of the shooting? Um, I mean, I have a basic structure with all the films in some way. I mean, I, I there is an I must come from some place, so. Uh, um, Justice, the, the basic structure was to follow one case from beginning to end from the perspective of the judge, the defense lawyer, and the accused. So that, that gives me a structure. Or Daisy, it is a year in the life of Daisy, right? So follow Daisy through a, a year. Uh, the different seasons, um, the... Um, every, in some way... And when it's not clear during the filming, I try to get that structure. I try to, you know, find that structure. But only in the, really in the editing that, that, that the film is actually becomes film. Also because 
although I film a lot, I mean, I'm very careful of what I film and how I film it, it's the many things I don't see during the filming. So I have to, during the editing, look at the whole material, discover that material again, discover the, the characters. I mean, I film more characters than actually are in the film. You know, some characters become more fundamental, play a bigger role, some less. Sometimes I begin with a character that I think it's going to be interesting, but during the filming, he gets more shy or he doesn't develop for many reasons, you know, that I'm, uh, each one has. So, and then things change in the editing. Um, also because, you know, when you, when you make a film, I mean, for the, tri the trial is a very long film, it's two hours and 16 minutes. Uh, we did our best to try to get it to two hours, but it was impossible. So also because of the length, you have to cut things that really, you know, and cut characters out that I did film. But it's, uh, I need to have that structure in my mind. I mean, for the try, it's very simple. I mean, the very, in the very beginning, it, I realized that, I mean, when uh, the, the House of Representatives uh, accepted the, the, the charges and they decided to do the, to go, uh, to begin the uh, impeachment process. And the impeachment process then went to the Senate. Um, I decided, okay, that my film is about this process of political, the political judicial process that's going to happen in the Senate. Right? I can make a film about the impeachment from all from different from different perspectives, not even in Brasilia I can you know but I needed to uh, I decided then and there and that gave me a focus and then I know okay so this is going to be a courtroom drama so the courtroom drama I need the lawyer I, the plaintiff defense lawyer, who is going to be in that committee that defends the president, who is going to be accusing. And then things sort of start happening. You know, it's, uh, but I mean, for the trial, of course, it's been very, very, very difficult because, I mean, I shot, I shot 450 hours of material. It's uh, because we we never know when the committees would end or we we'll never know when Janaina Pascual, the the eccentric lawyer would come up with one of her pearls. So we had to film all the time. And, uh, we'll see the, the end of the story. Yeah. Four minutes, we'll end of the story. The end of the story, yeah. and then we can talk. You still feel emotions. No? Yeah. Yeah, and I've been been traveling with this film now for five weeks, six weeks, and I've been going to. We did a tour through eleven American universities to show the film and debate the film. It was great. It was really good. No, it's just that every every time something dreadful happens. So, uh, yeah, I feel emotional. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how in, in four minutes you tell a whole this story, which is history, mm. is going to be in the collective memory yeah. of all, all of us, you know. And you, you're capable to, to summarize that in, in, the, in the heart of the event in four minutes. Mm. 
it's a little piece in the whole structure of the film. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you seem quite happy about well, this. Well, I'm very happy about this film. It's uh, um, anyway, I was thinking about your question. Uh, so many things, so many... Uh, um, because also when I'm filming, I'm so busy with where's the camera, where's the sound, you know. And for example, this scene, the very end, I was the one filming on this side. We had two cameras. So I was filming her from, I mean, when she, she did the speech and she comes down. So I'm, I'm, I was doing that camera. So and I can't hear anything. So, you know, I didn't know what she was saying. So I find out that she, I found out that she had uh, quoted Mayakovsky, you know, when I was editing. Was many, particularly dialogue, you know, many of the scenes that I uh, find, um, I find the, 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 um, the scene, have you seen the trial? No, no. Uh, yeah. Um, the trial has amazing scenes in uh, the amazing dialogue, not because but because of what happened. And uh, the defense lawyer of the uh, of the president is amazing; he's brilliant. So there is that scene towards the end. It was the one I wanted to show me, that you know, every time I watch the film again, it you know stays with me. That the plaintiff then says towards the end, this closing arguments there at the end of the, the trial, that uh, she, was, uh, she had to do it, she was doing it for the, the grandchildren of the president, something very perverse. And the, the defense lawyer then answers her brilliantly. It's just it's a beautiful. So that's all, all that is something that I, when we are filming, you know, it, there's so many things in my mind that, oh, yeah, I, I heard that. But I'm really only going to pay attention and, and come to really uh, to understand the meaning and when I'm editing and then I look at it again and I see, shit, look at this, you know. We have to use it. So it's a, it's a, um, yeah, it's a process of, of the editing as well. Well Speaking in terms of uh, uh, complexity before, I have the feeling in your filming and editing, you include many things you haven't seen or understood before. And this way to include is exactly the way to not reduce the meaning of, of the yeah. story. Yeah. And this is cinema du réel, this is uh, yeah. cinema, I mean. Yeah. You know, uh, particularly with the trial, because of course what's happening in, not only with the trial, but all my previous films as well. It's, it's, I, I, uh, try to uh, avoid any sort of sensationalism or spectacularization to make it spectacular or to reduce it, which is in some way what the media does, probably because of they don't they can't do any anything else, right? They have to write in two three pages or in just, I don't know how many minutes they have to give a certain uh, portrait or a certain image of what's. Uh, uh, convey a f effect, but in uh, so it limits the whole. There's so many constraints, and in, in, to me, the documentary is not about explaining; it's about raising questions, raising questions, and trying to get to to uh, to have 
a notion of the complexity of the reality I'm trying to portray or the complexity of our lives. So in specific, uh, uh, in, in the trial, for example, it's, um, there were several narratives, but above all, there, was two, there were two different narratives, very clear, the ones against the, the impeachment, the ones in favor of the impeachment. And, uh, and the whole media and the whole inside and outside Brazil were simply voicing one narrative strongly for clear economic and political interests. So that was a huge, that was something that for the first time I really felt a need to understand the whole thing and to give voice to the other narrative and to show, look, this is not what it seems, you know, to put you to, uh, because the whole thing is also so complex. So at some point I, I needed to disconstruct the narrative of one side to, so that the other narrative, so, so I would give, be, let's say, I would be able to understand the, narr the other narrative, you know? Like, um, you have to disconstruct a cliche, right? You know, somebody thinks, well, this is red, this is red, this is red, but look, this is not red, you know? This is not red. It, once you, I realize, you, as, as, a, as the viewer realized that this is not red, it might be blue, then I can, then the film can voice the other, the other narrative, perhaps it's also not blue, it might be white. So the, the, the uh, editing was complicated in that sense that it was, uh, we had to, um, um, yeah, disconstruct a lot of familiar uh, um, notions right, uh, of uh, fraud, of corruption, like, for example, of criminal, in case of justice, criminal, oh, the criminal, the criminal. Let's see, who is this criminal? What has he done? Where does he come from? So it's it, the same thing. You disconstruct the, the preconceived idea, the familiar places, and the trial is the same thing, you know, uh, because at the time, and as it's now, in, in probably here in many, uh, less now than before, but any, any in any case, uh, basically the, the main story is that, oh, there is a huge corruption. There's a huge corruption, and, and the Workers' Party was, was involved in this huge corruption, and that's why they and uh, the president was impeached, and that's why Lula's in jail, and basically the whole country is corrupted. I mean, this is a huge, uh, not only exaggeration, it's a huge lie, huge lie, right? Uh, we have to finish now. Uh, two, two questions, the last questions. Uh, may, uh, uh, do you trust us spectators? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, not I, I, I trust and um, I don't patronize you. No. Right. I mean. Very short, shortly, please, very I shortly. Will, uh, I will see the film Saturday morning, I hope, the trial. Uh, I want to ask you about the backbone of your stories, uh, the backbone of your films. Uh, 
uh, you uh, impressed the uh, editing. Uh, part, but uh, do you construct it in your mind during the research, during the filming, or you when you just view everything you filmed, you just do everything at editing? No, I it, no, it's not. It doesn't happen like that. It's not with me. For, it's I mean, I have to come from a specific structure, even though that structure might change. But uh, but it's it's a basic structure, and then uh, I choose I choose characters because the characters, my characters, the real people, are the ones that make the film. Because the film is basically constructed, right? Correct if I'm wrong, from observations of the everyday life of the characters. So even in the process, I mean, if the character is the defense lawyer, is the senator, is the other senator, is the plaintiff lawyer. So you're constantly with them. And that um, uh, directs the, fi the, the filming as well, because the, most, the more a character becomes important in the film, or shows charisma, for example, Senator Glazy Hoffman, that is amazing, very charismatic, the more I will end up filming with her. And when we get to, uh, so, and during the filming, I'm already, I know, oh, okay, I have that, I have that, perhaps I should feel more with this character, and I should more with this character, so it's, right? And then in the editing, we'll look back and see how we're gonna put everything together. And then some characters fall out, some characters become even more. Some characters don't have space, you know. So it's, but it's, it's not. A, I'm not somebody that, and that's something I learned in school, and I learned with the Dutch. You know, a film has beginning, middle, and end. You don't go and shoot everything without knowing what you want, and then you go to the editing and you find out that is rubbish. That's not professional. You know. The very last question. It's yeah. I come here to thank you very much for you, for your, all your work, and especially for the trio. And uh, unfortunately, more important than you, um, you film is here in this festival is, uh, for example, sorry to say, but I was in a film, um, Panama Papers, and at the end, one of those uh, results of the investigations and this and that is uh, exactly in a road, one uh, manifestation for a human. Mm -hmm. Then this, for me, was... I think... Um, you mean here, all at ITFA? Yeah. Here at ITFA? Yeah. Yeah. Now. Then I'm... Coxinhas estão em toda parte. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great film. Uh, uh, very... Um, uh, what to say? It's a film very... Uh, structural... Uh, um, anyway, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but, this, uh, but this is... Very, very important to see the trail yeah. because this is the reality of yeah. Brazil. And we have other, um, 
other ways to speak about Brazil and all of all of us uh, uh, believe in it. Yeah. Is in uh, then is thank you. Yeah. Thank more you, more important. Thank you very and much. In the bar, in bar, let me see. Just when anyone wants to say. No, only if there's time. I wanted to, because it was a film question, I wanted to ask if this, because you have a really formal approach to things, at least you start with a very, very formal approach. Does it help you to keep emotional distance while you are filming? Mm -hmm. So you can fall back upon your formal approach when, because sometimes when I'm watching your films, there's really so much injustice that you, I can imagine you're behind the camera mm -hmm. feeling a lot. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I am most of it, but the camera helps, you know, helps to create that distance. And it's what I said, I'm so busy with technical things, you know, it's getting the best picture and getting the best sound, and um, that's yeah. I mean, the or I'm just repressing that emotion. I think that in the trial. I cried one time, and that was when she, in that scene that she, she's removed for 180 days, and she does that speech. And then there I realized that she was going to be impeached, finally. And then, and then I, I cried the whole speech. Ten minutes I cried, you know. And then filming with the cameraman and crying, like, really, like, you know. and then no more. Then I didn't cry at all. Uh, so it's, um, I think it's, uh, well, even Behave, for example, you know, that's a very heavy film. Yeah. I, no, it's just, just the, the form helps me. Yeah, you know, and you get, you get used to it in some way. I mean, human beings adapt to everything. So. Uh, I have a last question, but just to, uh, to you, you have, if you haven't, you have to watch the trial and the other main film of ITFA this year, as far as I know, it's, uh, um, it's um, ah, Reason, Reason, from Anad Pachadwan. He got the main award yesterday. It's also a completely different style, completely different, but a film as important as yours to understand the complexity of, uh, of uh, India today. Now, the very last question. Can cinema, in your eyes, change the world? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think, I think that uh, change the world, I think that it can help us understand ourselves and by understanding ourselves, understanding the world. And, but I don't think it does, no. But it makes life easier for us who like art. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please check out other podcast episodes and video recordings, other talks and events of ITFA at itfa.nl and subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date.